Canva presents stories to keep you up at night. It was an ordinary work day until... The Singapore presentation is at 3 a.m. The office was shocked. <laughs> That's when we sleep. Maya made it less scary with Canva. <laughs> I'll just record my presentation so Singapore can watch it anytime. Record and present anytime with Canva presentations at canva.com. Designed for work. Welcome back, Buffalo Bills fans. It's Matt Warren, editor-in-chief at BuffaloRumblings.com and host of Buffalo Rumblings Q&A. It's time for us to really start thinking about the Bills as a playoff team. They're 9-3 and three after demolishing the Dallas Cowboys on Thanksgiving Day. Um, I wanted to remind you that in the future, you can always send in your questions to us here at Buffalo Rumblings Q&A using our phone number, 716-508-0405. Tweet us at Rumblings Q&A. That's with the word spelled out in the middle. You can send us Instagram messages, Facebook messages. Uh, we've got emails this week, Rumblings at sbnation.com. Lots of ways to get in touch with the show. You can leave comments in the comments section of our show notes articles at buffalorumblings.com. But yeah, we'll be talking a lot about Bill's playoff scenarios today. I won't spend a ton of time talking about the Dallas Cowboys game because it was so long ago and we've had several podcasts on the network to discuss that game in the intervening five days. So let's kind of look toward the future and the Buffalo Bills playoff chances. Let's go. I do briefly want to go through my five takeaways from the game against the Dallas Cowboys, just because they really have disproved some of the narratives that I know I've been talking about and a lot of other Bills fans have been talking about for the entire year. Uh, Josh Allen did not white knuckle against the Dallas Cowboys. He wasn't scared. He wasn't intimidated. Um, it, it didn't look like he was you know, filled with anxiety or self-doubt. In fact, it looked the opposite. He looked calm, cool, collected the entire time against the Dallas Cowboys. And I got to say, it was a performance that really gives me hope in the future that the Buffalo Bills can actually win a playoff game. He didn't look overwhelmed by the Dallas Cowboys defense. I mean, there were times when he was standing in the pocket like a statue, uh, reading the field and delivering it to Cole Beasley. But there were also times when he was improvising but keeping his eyes down the field. Like, I mean, he really looks like he's coming into his own as the Buffalo Bills starting quarterback. And and that's not to say that he's going to be some franchise quarterback, but he's at least proving that that's a possibility. And over and over again, he keeps stepping into every situation and showing that he belongs. And and so I was very impressed with the, the game Josh Allen had on Thursday because I was expecting him to come in and be nervous. And he was the exact opposite of that. Um, my second observation was this was the foot on the throat game. This was the game that the Bills never let up on, on offense or defense. And I was super glad to see that they um, kept pushing and pushing and pushing until it felt comfortable um, and the Bills had a comfortable lead. Um, I'm not going to talk about the kickers because, I mean, you just look around the NFL and see kickers missing kicks pretty much every week now, um, but the Bills and Cowboys had a problem with that on Thursday. The defense, uh, once again, allowed you know a, a really surgical opening drive, this time from the Dallas Cowboys. I mean, they've done it 
so far several times this season, uh, but they've really been able to tighten down after that. I mean, we, we had interceptions, sacks. Uh, it was just a really great defensive effort, and they're going to need every bit of that and more uh, against Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens this week. And then finally, there was a, a whole thing about the referees. If you want, you can go to buffalorumblings.com and read the penalty recap by Jeff Kantrowski, uh, who we call Scarecrow. All of his uh, analysis on those penalties is on buffalorumblings.com. You don't need to hear me blabber about it. So let's pivot to the playoff conversations and the questions I'm getting an awful lot from Bills fans right now. The first one of those questions is, why can't the Bills just beat the New England Patriots and control their own destiny in the AFC East? The, the Patriots are 10-2, and two, the Buffalo Bills are 9-3. and three. So if Buffalo beats the Patriots, everyone assumes that because the tiebreaker for head-to-head will even out and the tiebreaker for... Uh, the division games will be even that Buffalo is going to win based on their AFC conference schedule, but that is not the case in the division tiebreaker. The order of operations is overall record. So the bills will be tied at uh, 13 and three. If both teams run the table right now, and let's just use that as our baseline. I don't think it's going to happen for either team, but let's just say both teams run the table except for the bills beating the Patriots. Uh, they'll both be 13 and three uh, in head to head. They'll be one and one against each other uh, in the division. They'll be each be five and one. So they'll be tied all the way there. Now in the wild card tiebreaker, that's when it would go to AFC record and conference record. But in a division tiebreaker, it doesn't do that because so many games are common between members of a division. It goes to record versus common opponents. So the best one loss tied percentage in common games is the next tiebreaker. And because Buffalo lost to the Philadelphia Eagles and Cleveland Browns, but the Patriots beat both of those teams, the Bills have two losses in common games. On the Patriots ledger, the only change for them would be Buffalo beating Baltimore. Remember, we're talking about running the table here, both teams ending up 13-3. and three. If the Bills beat the Ravens, they would have um, one win over a team that the Patriots didn't win. Patriots would have two of those wins, including one over the Eagles and one over the Browns. So the Buffalo Bills would lose that tiebreaker to the New England Patriots, and the Patriots would be the AFC East champion and get whatever seed goes along with that in the AFC playoffs. So for those of you that are telling me that that's wrong, that would only be wrong if they were fighting for a wildcard position, but they are not fighting for a wildcard position. They are fighting inside the division and the common games tiebreaker comes before conference record in the divisional tiebreaker. And that's why the New England Patriots uh, have a stranglehold on the AFC East right now. We need the, the Patriots to lose this week to the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, and then Buffalo would just need to run the table against Kansas, uh, New England the rest of the way. Um, the other possibility that could happen in theory is that the Miami Dolphins somehow beat the New England Patriots or the Cincinnati Bengals somehow beat the New England Patriots and we get the record against common opponents evened out and then it would re eventually revert to the AFC opponent. But I just have no idea how the Miami Dolphins or Cincinnati Bengals are going to beat the New England Patriots right now. So uh, I think the best way for Buffalo to win the AFC East and secure a home playoff game and maybe even uh, home field advantage throughout the playoffs is to run the table, go 13-3. Well, they would have home field advantage throughout the playoffs if they ran the table at 13-3 and and the Patriots lost to the Kansas City Chiefs this week. And then uh, that would put 
Buffalo in front of Baltimore because they would head, have the head-to-head tiebreaker over them, and it would put them ahead of New England because New England would be 12-4 and four after losing to Kansas City and Buffalo. That's the easiest way for the Buffalo Bills to have a home playoff game in 2019. Looking at the wildcard picture and just securing a playoff spot, the Buffalo Bills can actually clinch a playoff spot this week. Uh, we were the first to do the math on all of that, and the NFL has since confirmed that. So uh, if the Buffalo Bills can beat the Baltimore Ravens, that's just step one in the process of securing a playoff game uh, for the Buffalo Bills in 2019. If Buffalo beats Baltimore, if Denver beats Houston, if Tampa Bay beats Indianapolis and Tennessee beats Oakland, we need all of those scenarios to happen. Then the Buffalo Bills will clinch a playoff spot in the 2019 season. That can be done before Sunday night football starts this week. Let's go through why just a little bit. That means the Buffalo Bills would get to 10 wins. That means the worst that they could do would be 10 and six. They would have seven conference wins at that point as well. So those are the two kind of benchmarks we're setting when the Bills get to 10 wins and seven conference wins if they beat the Baltimore Ravens this week. Um, if that then Tampa Bay beating Indianapolis would mean they have seven losses, which would eliminate the Colts from the conversation. And then we get to the rest of the AFC South with Tennessee beating Oakland. That would put Oakland at seven losses. Uh, Tennessee would, of course, only have five losses, and that would become a little bit problematic. But Denver beating Houston puts Houston down to uh, five losses. And so both Houston and Tennessee would have five losses. That means one of them would be playing um, for the... AFC South crown, and one of them would be in the wild card race. Um, if Houston loses their two games to the Tennessee Titans and Tennessee takes the AFC South division crown, then Buffalo would beat Houston because Houston would have seven losses. If Houston was able to defeat the Tennessee Titans one time. Buffalo would have the head-to-head tiebreaker against the Tennessee Titans uh, because they beat them earlier this year, which would clinch Buffalo a spot over them. Uh, Buffalo cannot clinch a spot over the Pittsburgh Steelers this week, which is why we have to worry about eliminating everybody else in the AFC South. So let me recap that scenario one more time. Buffalo beats the Baltimore Ravens to get to 10 wins with seven conference wins. Tampa Bay beats the Indianapolis Colts to move them down to seven losses. Tennessee beats Oakland to move the Raiders down to seven losses. And then we set up the do or die against the Titans and Texans by having the Denver Broncos beat the Houston Texans this week. That means that either Houston or Tennessee will be eliminated from the Bills wildcard hunt at some point over the last four weeks of the season as the Titans and Texans play two games during that four game stretch. So one of those two teams would win the AFC South and one of them would be behind Buffalo in tiebreakers. So that would clinch a playoff spot for the Buffalo Bills all the way up here in week 14. Now, I don't anticipate that happening. Uh, Houston just knocked off the Patriots this week. The Texans are a solid team. Uh, Tampa Bay has been really inconsistent, but they, of course, could knock off Indianapolis. Tennessee, of course, could beat Oakland. And I do think Buffalo could beat Baltimore. I think Buffalo having 10 days to prepare uh, with some very good defensive minds. Um, I think it's a possibility. Uh, so uh, it could happen this week that the Buffalo Bills clinch a playoff spot. I think it's more likely that one of those games doesn't go their way and we end up in week 15 against the Pittsburgh Steelers on Sunday night football. Uh, Buffalo may have clinched it by the time that game starts, uh, but I think that that Sunday night game is going to be pretty awesome. Uh, 
a game between the Pittsburgh Steelers and Buffalo Bills to see kind of maybe who makes the playoffs um, and uh, having it flexed to Sunday night to give the entire country a chance to see it I think is pretty re- remarkable for where this Bills team was you know they didn't have one game starting past one o'clock except for their Thanksgiving game they didn't have any primetime games and now they're going to have at least one uh, they've got another national game coming up in week 16 against the New England Patriots uh, these Bills are you know they're proving that they belong in the upper echelon of the NFL, even against their what was supposedly a, a, an easy schedule. So, uh, the, the, getting ready for the playoffs becomes the most important thing for the Bills. And uh, if they treat this week like a playoff game against the Baltimore Ravens, uh, we, we can start to get some sort of understanding of what it's going to look like for the Bills coming down the stretch, because by the time Week 16 and Week 17 roll around, Buffalo may have already clinched their spot and not be able to move up to the division crown or down below the five seed. So might not be worth it in the last few weeks of the season if the Bills are kind of stuck in their spot. We we won't really get a sense of what the Bills are against the Patriots if everything's already locked in and the Bills are kind of keeping it vanilla so that if they play the Patriots again, they aren't you know tipping their hand almost like a glorified preseason game. Maybe they rest their starters. Maybe they just throw them in for a series or two. I mean, it could really come down to that over the last two weeks of the season if everything's kind of locked in for the Buffalo Bills coming down the stretch. Um, I know that's not really what fans want to hear, but it's it's been a pretty long time since that happened. Uh, after this quick break, we're going to come back and get to the rest of your questions for this week. <laughs> We'll be right back after this quick commercial break. Welcome to the Canva guided meditation for stress at work. Impending deadline? Generate Canva presentations in seconds. So fast. Brainstorm got too big? Summarize with AI in a click. Click, click, click. Writer's block? Release with Canva Magic Write. Stress less and save time at canva.com. Designed for work. Now, just as a reminder, most of our questions are usually about how the Bills can get better, and they had a pretty convincing win on Thursday against the Dallas Cowboys. So these questions aren't meant to be necessarily critical about the Bills, but it's about how to improve as a football team. And uh, Christian sends in an email to buffalorumblings at sbnation.com. Hi, Matt. This is Charles. I'm a big fan of the show. Keep up the good work. I'm a Levi Wallace supporter and want to see him succeed as a starter for the Bills, but we all know that he's a liability on defense due to his lack of foot speed. I actually think it's his size. Right now, Kevin Johnson is the best corner of the two of them. What can the Bills coaching staff do to help Levi? Is all hope lost? Is he meant to be a career depth player? Lastly, is there a future where the Bills get rid of Wallace due to his poor performance? Go Bills. Well, thank you, Christian, uh, for uh, sending in that question to Buffalo Rumblings at SPNation.com. I do think that Wallace is limited, um, and that's one of the reasons that he was an undrafted free agent coming out of Alabama, is that he is limited by his physical attributes. He's never going to be a top-end lockdown cornerback uh, just because of his size and uh, what you called lack of foot speed. I think Kevin Johnson, who was a former first-round pick, has those physical tools that Wallace doesn't have. 
they've been platooning a lot since the Cleveland Browns game. Uh, it's one of the things that's really helped the Buffalo Bills defense adjust to what other offenses are throwing at them. Actually, like what Levi Wallace brings to the table, as long as you're not asking him to be on an island with Jarvis Landry or some other really talented wide receiver, I think he's very good uh, number two, number three cornerback. Um, and, and, and as long as you can game plan for that, I think you're, you're okay. No defense is going to have you know, 11 top flight starters. And I think he can certainly be a member of this Bills team going forward, especially as they're trying to save money um, for other positions. He's an undrafted free agent. They've got another two years of him at that salary, plus um, some cheap salaries beyond that. So um, I, I don't think all hope is lost. I think he's a fine player. That's never going to be a top end starter in the NFL. And opposite of Tredavious White, other teams are going to pick on him. So uh, it I, can I see a future where they move on to him due to poor performance? Yes, absolutely. But Kevin Johnson's on a one-year contract right now, and there's no guarantee that he's going to be back next year. So what are the Bills going to do then? Are they going to just chuck Levi Wallace out there and say good luck? No, they're probably going to add more depth cornerbacks and see what happens in training camp again and keep pushing Levi Wallace to get better and, um, and try to overcome those limitations. So what can the Bills coaching staff do to help him? They can uh, shade other coverages over that way. They can force the quarterback to run the opposite direction by putting pressure on him uh, to force him kind of towards the Tredavious White side of the field. There's a few things that they can do schematically to help him, um, but I don't know if they can necessarily help him you know, get bigger or something like that. So um, I don't think all hope is lost, no. But I do think that Levi Wallace is limited, and they are going to have to do some schematic things to keep him from being exposed like he was against Cleveland Browns. Thanks for your question, Christian. Send it into our email at buffalorumblings at sbnation.com. Let's head over to Facebook where Darren asks us, do you think the Bills will go after Amari Cooper in free agency? I heard he wasn't talking contract deals with the Cowboys. I don't think that the Buffalo Bills are going to go after Amari Cooper in free agency. It's, it's not because he's not talented, but right now they have big free agent contracts out to uh, John Brown and Cole Beasley. They have a free agent contract with uh, Tyler Croft, who, you know, whether he stays or goes is a different conversation. But they're going to have other holes to fill as well at defensive end with Shaq Lawson leaving, probably uh, Jordan Phillips leaving, um, or they're going to need big money to re-sign those two guys. They're going to need to replace Lorenzo Alexander. They're going to need to start looking at contracts for some of the younger guys like Tredavis White or Matt Milano. So I, I don't see them getting a third high-priced wide receiver. I think it's more likely that they draft a wide receiver in the first or second round in what's considered to be one of the most talented and deepest wide receiver classes in years. So I do think that that's more likely to happen uh, if the Bills are looking to add talent at wide receiver. And I know it might not be an instant jolt or an instant shot in the arm for the offense, but I, I think that that's just most likely. Handing out three huge free agent contracts to wide receivers just isn't good business model, and I don't think that Brandon Bean's going to end up doing that. Thanks for the question over at the Buffalo Rumblings Facebook page in our messenger chat. Over to Twitter, where Houghton AZ, or at least I think it's Houghton, H-O-T-I-N, asks us, uh, I'm sure Leslie Frazier and the Bills watched Sunday night as the Texans put a beatdown on Tom Brady. The final score was not a reflection of the game. He was harassed much of the game, and his lame duck passes were terrible. Are we finally seeing the downfall of the Patriots? I hope to God. 
I know a lot of Bills fans are hoping that we're seeing the downfall of the, of the Patriots, but they're 10 and two right now. Until they start losing games, uh, it's it's kind of early to start saying that. We may be seeing the downfall of Tom Brady. He's been rather pedestrian recently. Um, yeah, at some point, age is going to have to catch up to him. Uh, the Patriots' defense has been compensating for that most of the uh, year, but it, especially with the lack of wide receivers right now in New England, you can tell that Brady's struggling just a little bit. They look human. Of course, they looked the same way last year around this time and then went on to win the Super Bowl. So I... I'm definitely not going to start writing off the New England Patriots this year or beyond because a year ago, people were doing the same thing and they were able to overcome. Thanks for your question over on Twitter. You sent it into Buffalo Rumlings, which is at Buff Rumlings. Finally, our last question comes from Andrew Griffin. You know him as Griff at BuffaloRumlings.com, who asked in our Slack chat for the Buffalo Rumlings editorial team, where do people stand on re-signing Jordan Phillips and Shaq Lawson? The Buffalo Bills have two defensive linemen on the last year of their contract, three if you count Lorenzo Alexander as a defensive lineman. He plays a lot at uh, that pass rushing defensive tackle spot. But uh, where do people stand on re-signing Jordan Phillips and Shaq Lawson, who are in the last year of their deals? I, uh, I think both of them are pricing themselves out of Buffalo right now. They're both having outstanding years, and they're going to be rewarded handsomely going on the open market. I think of the two, uh, Lawson is my priority over Jordan Phillips, even though I think Jordan Phillips is having a really nice year with Star Latulale already on the roster with Ed Oliver, a big investment, and with Harrison Phillips playing really, really well before his ACL tear early in the season. I think the Bills have a solid top three at defensive tackle. Um, if they want to re-sign Corey Legit or dr draft somebody or sign like another lower-tier defensive tackle to come in and complete their defensive tackle rotation, I think that's already set. So adding another big-money defensive tackle when you've already invested a first-round pick and a huge free agent contract to, to Lotulele is is not how you build the roster, kind of like what I was saying about the wide receivers uh, a little bit earlier in the podcast. It's just having that many high-priced def defensive tackles isn't really a great option for you. With Lawson, the Bills do need another defensive end. Uh, Jerry Hughes is getting up there. Trent Murphy has been underwhelming, and Lawson's really been you know, a solid presence for them at defensive end this year, and they don't really have anybody waiting in the wings. Daryl Johnson's a, a seventh-round pick. Uh, Mike Love's on IR, but you know, he's not another guy I want to be seeing starter snaps from. So either the Bills are going to have to invest, say, a first-round pick in a defensive end or a f sign a free agent or both. And if Shaq Lawson is your quote unquote free agent signing, I'm definitely okay with that. So if, if they want to add Shaq Lawson and maybe he can stand up with his hand off the dirt a little bit and take on some of those snaps that, um, that Lorenzo Alexander is going to give up when he retires, maybe at, you know, that kind of pass rushing linebacker spot or that short little flat linebacker spot. And he can really lean on Lorenzo Alexander and learn from him in that, kind of hybrid role kind of going back and forth a little bit um, maybe that's a role for Shaq Lawson or maybe it's just you know pass rushing defensive tackle and you know run defensive end something like that I don't know but I, I really do think that Lawson could be a re-signing for this team if they're looking for a free agent defensive end now maybe that means they have to cut Trent Murphy and add you know another kind of lower tier defensive end or a lower priced defensive end in free agency that's also okay with me so there's a lot of ways that the bills could go about this but i would 100 percent prioritize lawson over phillips but like i said i don't think either are coming back to the bills in 2020 
As always, you can send in your questions to 716-508-0405. You can tweet us at Rumlinks Q&A. That's with the word and spelled out in the middle. You can send us text messages at that voicemail line as well. Emails, buffalorumlinks at sbnation.com. Facebook messages, Instagram messages. Lots of ways to get in touch with the show. Uh, make sure you're listening to the other Buffalo Rumlings podcasts on the Buffalo Rumlings podcast network. The the numbers are really taking off and going zoom zoom now that the Bills are doing better and Buffalo Bills fans are confident. So make sure you're listening to all those, rate and review those as well if you get a chance. We'll see you guys back after the Ravens game. Go Bills. Canva presents unexplained appearances. It was an ordinary workday until... That presentation appeared out of thin air. Also, it's eerily on brand. Wait, did that agenda just write itself? Words appear, making this unexplainable case... Unexplainable? It's Canva's AI tools. I can generate slides and words in seconds. Really? The real mystery is why I'm only learning this now. Canva.com. Designed for work. 